Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Bone Cast, the second episode of hopefully many, many more to come. Of course, I'm your host, Cousin Boneless, also known as Dev. Um, firstly, before we kind of get into everything, um, thank you, thank you, thank you very much for the kind of response that I got on the first episode with my man Aperture. We got a lot of good feedback. A couple of people actually gave uh, a few things to kind of work on, maybe, which we'll hopefully be starting to implement uh, kind of in the next few episodes. So definitely all the kind of support, all the love that we saw in the first episode, uh, very much appreciate that. Of course, like in terms of the podcast, it's, it's pretty much on every platform that people listen to podcasts now. So if you want to go give the first episode a listen, feel free to. But episode two, I'm here with uh, the Smash UK man, myth and legend, Mr. Will Savage, aka Wills. How are you doing today, my man? You're right, man. Thank you for having me on. It's all good, man. It's all good. I mean, it feels like we haven't spoken in a minute. You know, it's been a minute. Yeah, because like obviously we we when it comes to like Smash tournaments, we usually talk quite often at them, and then we usually go out for a bev or two after them as well. But yeah, since like things have kind of been pretty quiet, generally speaking, between a lot of the people I would call mutuals through through Smash. How are you finding? How are you finding stuff outside of Smash at the moment? Uh. It's difficult, I guess. Like, I, I think everyone's going through the same thing right now. Like, every every day is kind of just going really quick, though. Mm-hmm. To me, it's like I've been in this situation before, like between jobs and stuff, where you kind of just you're at home, you're just waiting mm-hmm. the next opportunity to come along. So it's kind of reverted back to that for me. So I'm kind of okay with it. Mm-hmm. But you know, I just take every day as they come, really. Yeah, hundred percent. I feel like a lot of people are probably in a similar position where they like. Well, I just gotta kind of, gotta kind of wait till whatever the fuck this is ends, kind of thing. Um, it's definitely tough. Um, I mean, look, I'm just, I, I kind of want to just jump straight into it. Um, in regards to to current events, for lack of a better phrase, you were probably one of the people in the Smash scene, quite heavily affected with it, with obviously Invasion. I mean. <laughs> he couldn't have picked a worse country, honestly. <laughs> the situation's considered. It's it's just so ironic how everything just played out the way it did. Mm. It's like you know, Italy's going to invade. It's going to be great, and then mm. no. Oh, okay. They they can't come. <laughs> They're not allowed. Okay, we'll, we'll guess we can just run invasion without them. And then as the weeks progress, it's like oh shit, it's getting worse in it. And now it's got to the point where you know it would have happened just over a week ago, mm. and it's 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 difficult, but. You know, life goes on, I guess. Absolutely. How did how did you kind of find that whole process? Because obviously, with with invasion, it was a, a, it's a pretty big caliber tournament. Team Regen, um, arguably the best TO team in the UK at the moment in terms of production, in terms of how they run tournaments. Um, oh, a lot of people. Thank you, dude. I mean, look, I'd, I'd be real. A lot of people would be inclined to agree with me as well. Um, so to have kind of a tournament really be affected as much as it was, um, not obviously not obviously trying to downplay the effects on other tournaments but i think yours in particular was was really emphasized how was that whole kind of process of getting through that mm, stressful i think to say it the least like, we we had the benefit that we'd actually capped prior to that mm-hmm. and then even with uh the italians not being able to come we quickly more or less capped again which was very surprising to me i thought people would be a bit cautious about it, but no one seemed to care initially <laughs> That's, but, like, that's the effect of Smash players, man. They just like, listen, we got we got to play offline. <laughs> I don't care what. If someone's dropping is. out, I'll take their place. You know, you know how most people are. Yeah. But no, I think good, good. It is stressful because when you're at that point where, say, we're about a month, month and a half out from it actually happening, and we we want to put content out, whether it's like Zach making designs, 
like we to advertise the event, say it's coming up, or like getting stream stuff ready on the gala's behalf, or you know even the logistics side of stuff with JJ. Like it's so difficult to actually plan all of that out when we don't know what the circumstances are going to be several weeks down the line. Absolutely. So I think we we, we had like a bit of a panic, like um, you know when they closed the pubs mm-hmm. stuff before the lockdown, because we have all of our stuff in. Uh, O'Neill's pub where we do the Leicester Weeklies oh, of course, yeah. and then Global Gaming which is in Birmingham for the Birmingham events so we're just panicking literally the day of because it's like uh, they said okay pubs are closing tonight so we're like shit we've got to move all of our equipment around as quickly as possible mm-hmm. I've just come back from work I'm like I've no idea what to do but fortunately we managed to get that sorted out Excellent. but then it's just all our stuff's just like just stored at houses at the minute oh man that's tough so, that's tough um, I, I, I find it kind of interesting, right, in terms of your role within Smash UK, because obviously when it comes to, to TOing and stuff like that, you're probably like, I mean, you're arguably the, the main TO in Smash UK. You're probably like the biggest TO in Smash UK at the moment. Um, so for you to kind of take on as much responsibility as you did and then have to react so quickly, it's it's kind of insane to see, man. It's kind of insane to see. So props to you for sure. Um, I, I, I give more respect to like the other people that JJ helped out uh what's it i've got his name jan from birmingham he helped out massively alpha more everyone everyone kind of did their bit mm-hmm. in making sure everything was you know taken care of as quickly as possible and i guess the the, the kind of follow-up question that i'm sure a lot of people want to know more about if you do have any plans uh moving forward kind of with invasion have you got a, a date planned have you got any kind of logistics planned around it what's the what's the crack around that well so the issue we had was the venue initially so where, when we knew that the event couldn't happen like probably a month before we announced it but the thing is due to contract obligations all that kind of stuff you just have to go along with it if it feels odd advertising an event which is why we stopped advertising it completely Mm -hmm. like for people to come to an event which we kind of know is not going to happen but if the venue wasn't wasn't willing to make a move purely because the government's not doing anything it's like a freeway standoff kind of thing where it's like one of us was waiting to make the first move. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the government did in the end. So then due to contract stuff with the venue, we couldn't strictly get a refund. So we thought the best option then was to just postpone it to November. So the new date is now the 14th of November, mm-hmm. which was originally going to be the finale of the UK circuit, like the last event, not the the, the event which then comes mm-hmm. after. But that was going to be the last event of the UK circuit. So I, I don't know what's going on with that. <laughs> I, think the, I think the UK circuit might have to wait a while. I think, I think but, everything's going to have to wait a while, to be honest, right? Yeah. So you get your dates in as quick as you can. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we are very fortunate that we're able to postpone to the new date. And I think November's quite a safe bet. Yeah, you'd like to think so, right? If this isn't over by November, <laughs> God help I mean, us all, man. <laughs> we, we don't know. That's the annoying thing. Yeah, but... that's true. I, I think November's definitely the safest. Even even that, I, I could have pushed it to next year, mm-hmm. but I, that's too far away, man. It's kind of it's kind of crazy to think that. I can't remember if I maybe I did speak to to Luke about this on the last episode, but like when this is all over, like the the hunger to go to events is going to be massive. So like in terms, obviously, it's hard to it's hard to kind of plan out in terms of dates. But do you have anything? anything planned at all in terms of what kind of events you're going to run when when this is possibly over besides invasion oh absolutely like we've been i've discussed with the other team guys just like look we've got 
breakthrough we want to run again. We've got true believers we want to start up again this time in Leicester. Excellent. Uh, obviously, weeklies again. Maybe some new events. Maybe some other things that aren't strictly events that we want to do. So there's there's a lot planned, and it's like it's giving us time to actually you know explore those options now, which is really good. So there, there, there's like the upsides to the you know the lockdown as well. That's about and then that's and then during the lockdown we have our Wi-Fi weekly events. So course, yeah, you know that course, yeah. that keeps us active. That keeps us you know people people can have something to do throughout yeah. the week. Hundred percent, hundred percent. That's awesome, man. It's awesome. I think uh, a lot of TO teams, um, SSM, DAT team, Wave Smash, all of the big boys and the uh, Nessa team, all of them. Um, I'm sure they're probably looking at team regen and kind of seeing how they're moving these days because you do seem like the team to to follow in terms of um in terms of ideas in terms of how to set set standards which is which is really really awesome to see um but let me let me uh let me go back in time a little bit will are you ready to go back in time go on then so when i was uh uh how, how fucking old was i when brawl came out when did brawl come out <laughs> uh 2008 2008. I so I would have been, yeah. I would have been 15 when Brawl came out, and I was sat playing Brawl casually with items on, with all of my friends, without a fucking worry in the world, not even knowing anything about the competitive scene. And there was Lil Will, Lil Will of 10 years <laughs> old, <laughs> 11 years old. I'm fucking. You were. Wait, how, how how old are you, Dev? You're 20... I'm 26. I'm 26. You're 26. I'm 26 now. Just 10 the other day. Are we the same Sorry. age? Oh my god! I never. Yeah. Knew. The more you know, the more you know. So 13-year-old Will making moves, making moves in Smash UK. <laughs> the I was an absolute prodigy at my age, man. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's changed, man. Nothing's changed. You're still I a 26-year-old prodigy, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I quickly ascended up the UK ladder. Like you got You got to think back then. The the scene was organize everything was organized through smashboards mm-hmm. so that was my start i found smashboards 2007 That's me and uh two, two of my friends brado and Cowsum. both of them uh, became a part of, yeah both of them became a part of team air we ran the air series oh mad so you know we have our beginnings around that time where we just kind of we found smashboards we played it anyway like for fun and then we discovered videos online. I think it was like, we found like a Mewtwo King video online or something. It's like, yo, he's sick. I feel like that's a lot of people's starts, right? Because when I think, I think when I looked online for competitive, like Mewtwo King was one of the first sets that popped up. I was like, ooh, this this guy's uh, doing some fancy stuff. I, can, he do, <laughs> can he do Fox side B onto stage into up air though? <laughs> Let's see. Um, what, so did you start like in the competitive scene in Brawl? Or did you yes. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So my, my first tournament was in a place called Lauf in Lincolnshire. It was at someone's house called uh, Yenis. Okay. So we, we saw it advertised on Smashboards. And it took me weeks, maybe months, to convince my parents to let me go. Mm-hmm. Because here's me, 13, 14 at the time, and my parents are probably adamant there, you know. <laughs> you, you don't. <laughs> this is too fat like pre-2010s like we're using the internet to meet up with people that's go to scary that's exactly scary times, so, man. that's scary times you know we managed to convince them obviously i went with my friends as well mm-hmm. we get there there's this tiny little room all packed out with about 20 plus people when playing melee and brawl mm-hmm. so i do terrible in melee but in brawl uh i get like second oh wow your first event. tournament placing was second so the, the number one in the UK at that time was, I believe it was Aiko, who's also known as Fish Eat Corn. 
Oh man, so I know that name. I've heard that name before. So I played him in Grands, and side side note, but there was a guy from Idaho there, like Amer in America, okay. and he was just like his name. His tag was like Nuts Forty Five or some shit, and he was just like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm the I'm the best player in Idaho. I'm just like, what's Idaho, man? I've never heard. Of it. <laughs> That's quality. I whooped his ass, and then hey. we played. Well, I played Ico last, and then he was just like, "Oh, you need to start coming to tournaments." Mm -hmm. But also at that same event, I got Cowsers uh, to come, who ended up becoming best in UK. Mm -hmm. So we'd met through all his brawl, and then there was a few events that followed after then, which I used to run at my house. So I started toing at fourteen. Wow, that's and insane. then I didn't even. I, I don't think I could tie my shoes at fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I had to. I had to convince my parents to let like 30 people come into the house randomly and have all these TVs set up. <laughs> but I uh, had like Trio Free, who's now known as Anarchy, come as well. No so way! They're... Anarchy and Kalzos yeah. were both at your events. That's crazy. That's crazy. So I've seen it all, man. And then <laughs> went to London tournaments. Uh, London tournaments were completely different. You thought, did you ever go to Heart of Gaming? I did go to Heart of Gaming. I've been a couple of times. Okay, the original place was worse than that. The, the, the pre-Heart of you Gaming. Leave, you leave Heart of Gaming alone. Heart of Gaming's fine. I mean, it might be now. Not like, um, what's it? Not the old venue. The old Heart of Gaming. Okay. That was pretty rough. Fairs, fairs, fairs. I mean, so like, it's it's tough, right? Because you, I don't know if you look back at that time with rose-tinted glasses. Obviously, in terms of the scale, in terms of the stature of tournaments like that, it's obviously nothing compared to to what it is now but like do you ever do you ever look back at those kind of times and and i don't know think about think about how easy it was think about how simple it was all that kind of stuff i look back and i'm just like i kind of i, I did enjoy the brawl time but i was only in the scene for about a year or two until okay. around like 2010 and then i took a break for college for three years oh, wow. and then okay. i came back to the scene in late 2013 when i started university mm -hmm. but during that brawl period like it was really weird because that was probably the we had like three players at the time who were like best in uk there was casper anarchy and Kowsers. Mm -hmm. and then there was me as like the fourth more or less and then there was a few other people around like jay miller kong ixis who were oh, kind of on the come up as boys. well my boys okay so and then it's like they especially ixis he then became the best in the following game so yeah exactly exactly um it's funny, like you you mentioned names like Ixis, Jay Miller, Kong, um, even names like Anarchy and Kalzois, right? Like those are names that are known within the UK, especially if you were part of the Brawler Smash Voice scene. But in the Ultimate scene, that might not might not necessarily be the case. I feel like Ixis maybe less so um, because he was uh, playing in in Ultimate, but with with people like Miller, who's who's definitely taken a step back. Kong, uh, Kong was my boy, but he's definitely taken a step back from the game um anakin calzois they'll pop up here or there but like do you find it a bit weird in terms of like the players that you've kind of seen come and go how do you how do you react to to stuff like that just why am i still here i suppose <laughs> i suppose <laughs> there's one way of it's looking at it it's morbid <laughs> it's t 10 plus years i'm still about but no nah, i think people people grow they get fed up with the game they just lose interest like i'm kind of at that point where my interest in competing isn't the same as what it was say 2014 15 that was when it like peaked but you know it, it comes and goes like the interest but i think nowadays my passions with uh, running the events mm. and seeing the community grow especially with 
the Midlands, like we've come so far in the span of the past two, three years. It, like, oh God, to, yeah. me, to me, it's crazy. And I think a lot of the Ultimate people have no idea how bad it was like just a few years ago. Mm. Well, I mean, let's let's talk a little bit about it, right? So you've we've come from from the young prodigy Wills from Brawl, and then we come into we come into Smash Four Wills, who really kind of hit his peak. Uh, was one of the best players in the UK. What like your experience with Smash Four? Tell me a little bit about it. From I guess from a player perspective first, and then let's let's talk a little bit about the TL side after. I think Smash Four for me initially, like I didn't have too much interest in it because I, I was very. Uh, I was getting on the PM, Project M, and Melee Hype as well. Mm. So for 2014, I was playing all of that. Smash 4 comes out. I'm like, okay, great. Another Smash game. Oh, it's, it's quite good. I used Diddy for several months because that's the easiest way to get wins. All right, all right, okay. And then <laughs> I, was, so. I was just dominating the Midlands for probably about a year and a half, maybe a bit less than that. And then Jackie came to one of the events and beat me. I was like, who's this guy? With his Wiimote. With his Wiimote, yeah. It's like, and he beat me. I'm just like, who's this guy? Like, And then I think the following week, he went to London and got fifth. And I was like, okay, this guy's going to be something special. Yeah. And at that point, I knew I'd rele- been relegated to second place. In <laughs> at that point, all right, you know what? <laughs> okay, he gets it. He gets it. Um, but I think throughout Smash 4, like after then, like uh, once again, my interest kind of comes and goes. So I think towards the end of 2017, it was it started really coming back. I think it was when I went syndicate and I did relatively well. Like I beat uh, Light from Germany mm-hmm. in in pools. Yeah, it was a good win at the time, and I was just like, you know, maybe I'm a bit better than I think I am. And then I went to America, played Redacted. Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember watching that sound stream. You actually did sick. You actually did sick. And then people were coming up to me after. It's like, dude, you're nuts. Like. <laughs> where are you ranked in the uk in that and it's just like uh, i think i think it was like ranked 14th or something it's just, yeah. and then i went schism after beat ixis finally literally never beaten ixis in the whole of smash 4 Damn. so it, it was like that period of time i was like okay i'm really getting into the game now but then at the same time ultimate was announced so <laughs> yeah yeah so it was like people stopped caring so competitively that's where it kind of ended but mm-hmm. it was a good few months where i really really was getting somewhere with it i guess yeah i mean you've always been like a, a, a kind of stalwart in terms of the in terms of the competitive scene especially in smash 4 you were always like up there up there with the best but like one thing i found super super interesting when i saw you play is like you you played melee competitively as well how how did you find juggling those two games together because it's fucking difficult from what i can tell it is so hard at first but you get used to it so like there was a point where it was brawl uh yeah when i started playing pm it was brawl pm and melee so that was 2014 then it was smash 4 pm melee then pm kind of died mm-hmm. and now it's ultimate melee ultimate melee is not too bad two games much easier to manage but when it was three games that was nuts like just going between all games That's and sometimes I'd, I'd win all three events at the more stacked events i'd mm-hmm. usually get around top eight in each so it was it was fun times. That was when I loved the game the most. Like loved all three games. Mm-hmm. Just could go off in every single one. Like PM allowed me to like really just go wild with like my combos and that. <laughs> Melee's much Melee's much more difficult, of course, but you know, that was like I'd learn and progress in that game and it'd help in the other two as well. Just like understanding like just basic stuff such as neutral for example. I remember I played Melee at a, at a, in tournament 
at the same time as playing... I think it was Ultimate. I'm going to assume it was Ultimate uh, because it was at Regen, the one where Adib got top 8 and played Mr. R in winners. Um, oh, Regen 2019. Yeah. yeah, that's right, that's right. And I played Melee for about 15, 20 minutes. Had some uh, friendlies against Mike. Beat Mike, obviously, because I'm sick at Melee. Uh, and then I went back to Ultimate, and I was like, I don't understand how this game works anymore. I was trying to wave dash constantly, didn't work once. It was it's weird, man. So like, that's why that's why when I see people like yourself, I see uh, Sully as well, like play melee and and Ultimate at like a super high level in both games. It's like, Christ, man, I don't know how you fucking do it. It's insane. I think I, I find it more surprising in Sully's case because he. He plays like quite a, I don't know, from my perspective, his Lucina is quite slow, like a bit more methodical. Yeah. And then in, in Melee, he plays Fox and he's rapid. <laughs> <laughs> he just goes off on combos and it's like there's such a difference between the two that he can maintain while I try and play like the same way in all three games. You play Falcon in Melee, right? Yeah, I play Falcon in Melee. I can play like Fox, Falco as well. Mm-hmm. Who did you play in PM? Falcon and Snake. Oh, you were on the snake hype. Okay, okay, I respect that. I respect that. Snake's a cool ass character, man. Did you play? Did you play did, Snake in Brawl as well, then? I did, but my Brawl Snake was trash. Like that—that's the thing. When it when it came to uh, PM, like I had all the Brawl techs, the Snake Brawl tech down, mm-hmm. so I understood that. And then I was playing melee a bit, so I was like, oh, I can speed it up. And then you had players like Professor Pro mm-hmm. doing bits with Snake at the time, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you, have you watched like uh, Professor Pro versus Rolex. Yeah, I think I, that's that's the classic, man. That's the classic with the with that, the taunt IRL kind of stuff, man. Yeah, dude, that was like the the peak of uh, like the UK scene back then. Yeah, probably was like, insane it was, at that game. It all built up to that moment. There'd been so much shit talk for months on like online, and mm-hmm. to, to see it happen as well was amazing. I remember there was there was one set that I watched. So like, Prof was obviously super super good at PM, and he was always really good at melee. Wasn't there a situation? I think it was at Apex 2015 where like Hungry Box beat Prof at PM, but then Prof yeah, beat Hungry Box at Melee or something like that, which was like weird. Which that weird. was at Paragon 2015. Oh, I remember Paragon, that. Paragon, not Apex. Yeah. It was yeah. Prof beat um, Hungry Box, and it was just like what? How's that happen in Melee? And then Hungry Box must have been mad as fuck and just <laughs> went ham in PM and whooped him in that. What's your kind of thoughts in uh, about UK? melee wise because i mean from the outside looking in i, I mean I, I don't know if you know but i fucking love melee i love watching melee so much i'm terrible at the game but honestly i love watching melee more than i love watching uh pretty much any other game let alone ultimate um what is your kind of view in terms of where smash uk is uh for melee because again this is someone who's quite ignorant to where we are at the moment uh what's your kind of what's your kind of stance on it if anything Okay, so there's about six, seven players that come to mind who are, like, insanely good within the UK, uh, such as, like, Professor Pro, Frenzy, Sechi, mm-hmm. Min, Maxi. And then there's a few just below that, such as Bomboni, uh, who else comes to mind? R23, Alpha Dash, who are, like, they're all really good players, especially the Prof, they're, like, top 100 level. Exactly, yeah. But I think under that, there's, like, within the melee scene for me there doesn't seem to be that kind of desire to get good that there is with ultimate mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that are hungry to get on the pr that kind of thing the pr to me for melee looks like a joke oh wow okay so it's, it's it doesn't look difficult say for me looking at it now i just see who's on it i'm like i could probably beat half of those players might sound arrogant but it doesn't seem like any of them really put the work in to get to that n- 
like that next level. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even think it's. I don't even think it's arrogance. I mean, firstly, it's like confidence in your abilities, and I like you're not massively active in melee anymore, but you've always been really good. But like, yeah, I, I just feel like when it comes to melee, again, this is like such an ignorant point of view from me. So please correct me if I'm wrong. It does feel like it has kind of plateaued a little bit in the UK at the moment. But I think I the, the, the event numbers have gone down like for the regional size events, mm-hmm. but the, the interest is still there. I think the community's more or less moved to netplay now. That's cool. That's so there, there's a, there's a lot of netplay events which happen. A lot of people play netplay regularly but when the London events say like the London events happen, there's Manchester events now, mm-hmm. you know, they do, they do um, cap very quickly. Mm-hmm. And then we have Fate as well, which is like our premier European major now. Massive tournament. Everyone loves that place. But the thing is with Fate and Air, which preceded it, is that people will only go to that. There's a lot of people that just only go to those events. They don't really care about everything else, which is fine. I think that's great that people want to just come to socialize and that. But for the rest of the scene, they're, you know, keeping the scene alive. There isn't much competition other than the, like the top 10, I'd say. Yeah. I kind of want to take you back for a second to the first ultimate tournament that I went to, uh, the first ultimate tournament that I presu- that presumably you ran, and probably the first ultimate tournament that happened uh, of any statue in the UK, which was uh, Ultimate O'Neills. Um, oh yes. Where where my my good old pal, my good old flatmate Michael took the crown at first place, um, but that was a tournament that had both ultimate and melee at it, and there was uh, a little bit of kind of cross mingling between uh, between both games i know i remember um mike entering melee and, and i think frenzy and um calzum i want to say one entered um ultimate as well so there was yeah. a little bit of kind of i guess cross-pollination for lack of a better phrase um why do you think that doesn't kind of happen as much because it feels like the the melee scene and the ultimate scene are very very disconnected through no bad reasons but like it does feel like they're too disconnected. Why do you think that's the case? Okay, let me take you back to 2014. When it was much worse, the disconnect then between the brawl scene and the melee scene. So I won't go into stories regarding that. Okay. But it it wasn't great. So then the thing which really brought everyone together at the time was Project M. Because mm-hmm. the brawl players would jump on, like the light like, dinner or the brawl tech. And then the melee guys would jump on because it's like melee. So... I think now if we were to like kind of rekindle that project plus would be a great way of doing that Yeah, because that's so good. That'd be so good. But there are like, I don't know, people, people have ideas of the scenes to each other. I think sometimes the melee scene can come across as quite entitled to me. Okay. I don't want to, I don't want to shit on the melee scene too much, but I think they have a lot of unwillingness to engage with the, the ultimate scene and smash four and brawl. And then, the ultimate scene that you know some see them as like elitists and all that kind of stuff so there's people on both sides but i think if you not force them but like you gave them something to you know actually mingle with each other with whether it be um say like project plus i think i think another one was when we had the lgbt meetup at um at regions yeah that was that was lovely that was actually really really nice i remember going up for a bev and everyone was just chilling and 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 having a drink and being happy that was really nice actually but with stuff like that you know you had people from both scenes crossing over and i think that's fantastic Mm -hmm. and even other stuff which could go on at events like you know just maybe some side events on this like nothing comes to mind but like i think you could put stuff in place to actually Mm -hmm. 
have people to integrate more with each other. 100%. And again, this is the thing. It's like, it's not a situation where we have to force people to, to integrate and mingle. Um, and the views that the Ultimate scene have of Melee, or the like the views that the Melee scene have of Ultimate, there's every chance that they're valid. I mean, for what I've seen of the Melee scene, they seem super sound, they seem super nice. I got no issues with them at all. Um, but, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's like... I feel like we'd become a stronger Smash UK community rather than the Smash UK Ultimate community and the Smash UK Melee community. Um, that would only benefit us as a region generally. But that's just my that's just my perspective of it, I guess. The, the thing um, is, I, I think it's like a pipe dream, and it's something which I see a lot of Ultimate Smash Four brawl people always push. They're like, "Oh, we need to be connected." Mm-hmm. There was a thing on Smashboards like years ago about all the communities supporting each other, and everyone kind of shut it down. Because the melee guys have always been like their own thing. And that's uh, fine. complete. That's fine. I, I think they like being their own thing, which you know, if, if they're fine with that, just leave it. Don't force anything. Well, upon I mean, them. I'm, like I don't think anyone's gonna go out their way to force that. And if that's if that's the way they want to roll, that's cool. I mean, I'm 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 there for that. They want to do their own thing. I mean, everyone's gonna be everyone's gonna be supporting them regardless. Like, but it is it, it is an interesting one. It is an interesting one because there is a bit of a disconnect, but it's nothing nothing of malice, I guess is is the best way to kind of phrase it. Um, okay, well we've talked a little bit kind of Smash Four in terms of the in terms of the player side of Wills, um, but Smash Four in terms of the TO side of Wills, I feel like that's really where you kind of flourished, right? In terms of where it, in terms of where you actually grew, you ran. A number of different tournaments in the Midlands scene. How has it kind of taken the step up from the brawl side of tournament organizing into more grander tournament organizing in in Smash Four? I think, like for me, it was just identifying what was going on in the scene, all the different issues that we had, especially in the Midlands, because the quality of the events. Like, I don't want to try and hate on everything too much, but it it just wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there was one pivotal event which really kind of changed people's perception of Midlands events, which was Smash Silver 4. Okay. And after then, I was just like, I'd, I'd TO'd a few events here and there, I'd helped out. I was just like, okay, I need to kind of step in and like really get involved again. Because mm-hmm. my passion for TO wasn't there, but at the same time, I was doing an events course at university, and then it kind of just, you, you know what, maybe I'll go back and smash again. Okay. So I helped uh, with the TOing for Smash Silla 5 and then people said okay this was a really good event and then did it again for 6, 7 and then it, I think Crusade was another pivotal moment in the in the Midland scene where there was a lot of things which could have been much better and the venue was fantastic for what it was so it's just like okay what if we just run it next time like uh, we've already been talking about having a team because at the time we had like a, a group of friends on Discord. So it was like me, Morty, Zach, a couple of us who were just like, you know what, we've all got like bits we can add to the team. So Zach with his graphic design, for example, why don't we kind of just form something and run our own event? So that's kind of how Team Regen started. And then yeah. what what once we ran the first event being regen 2018 where it was just like the regeneration of the midlands or whatever dumb tagline we had for it like it worked and people loved the event and i think from then on we just knew this is something we can really push and change not only the midland scene but the uk scene in the years to come 100 percent. and i think you guys had 
such a massive kind of pivotal role when it came into when it came into the kind of toing scene in smash 4 because obviously when it came to the toing scene it was it was that team that was the holy grail and um obviously there was other teams like ssm and uh fair game and 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 port smash at the time and uh, the guys down in ireland and, and scotland they were all making moves but then when team regen really kind of came into the fray people were like okay these are these are the events that we need to go to as well these are the ones that a lot of people want to go to i think the one that really really kind of tipped it was uh was the first new era what was your kind of what was your kind of experience running that because for all intents and purposes that's probably one of the best if not the best smash 4 tournament that i've ever been to even even for me personally i i see that as my favorite event mm -hmm. like competing i didn't even compete obviously but it's like competing and as a spectator i think it was fantastic toing there wasn't a single issue like the whole day with tournament as far as i recall so i think that was just like okay this is this is something now because i think everyone initially had this uh inception of what an arcadian would be mm -hmm. which was the kind of kind of dull just like oh who wants to see all the the o2s play to win a tournament yeah it's like no give them that opportunity because we've seen the same people again and again and it's happening now with we see the same people again and again. It's it's really dry, boring to watch mm -hmm. for me personally. So I think New Era was something special where it's just like, okay, give them the opportunity. Here's a fantastic event to go alongside with it. Also invite the top players to come down, whether they want to coach or just enjoy the event as a spectator, which is soon they don't really get to experience either. That's true. That's true. And, you know, and then we have all this stuff going on before and after the event too. So I think it was a fantastic weekend and it really set like the pace of what we wanted to do for events going forward and how we want to, you know, change our scene and so forth. 100%. 100%. I think about the kind of impact the new era had. I think about kind of the the atmosphere specifically, right? It was like when Top 8 was happening, and I'm, not, I'm genuinely, I've not seen this at another Smash event in the UK besides Albion. Um, when Top 8 was happening at New Era, everyone was watching because everyone was so excited to see who was going to be the person to kind of take the whole tournament, which is, I'm pretty sure it was Lego in the end. And it was, it was insane. I was like commentating with Adam at the time and we'd, I'd be like constantly looking over at a crowd just like, man, I wish I was in there to be fair. But it was literally, it was, yeah. there was so many like different kind of storylines going on. I think it was like J-Spod versus the North. That was like the, yeah, that was the, the, main, one. the main one throughout the, throughout the whole event. Do you remember Mike versus Baron? That's a, I, know, I, oh. I still feel bad for Mike. <laughs> so I love Baron. Baron is my homie. That guy is a lovely, lovely dude. I have nothing but good experience, but that fucker robbed Mike. <laughs> he <laughs> robbed Mike. It, it still hurts me to this day. Mike we all love Bayonetta. He got double a limb by Bayo. He actually got so Bayo'd. Um, but it was, oh, man, it was, it was, I can, oh, I always look back at that tournament um, with, with such fun memories. And I'm sure that's how a lot of people feel about pretty much every every team of Genigan that's been uh, that's been kind of around. Would you say that's like your favourite tournament that you've run? Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think that and then New Era too, unsurprisingly, probably be my favourite event. Like the actual say like regen and stuff, they're great, but I like it when for me to see like other people get the spotlight and do well, mm -hmm. and also providing like an event to everyone like. Uh, say we did the amateur bracket we did the intermediate brackets and then there's stuff on the side people can do as well like new era 2 we had like money match alley so if people want to just go play money matches do it over there friendly sections all that kind of stuff like this is what we're you know trying to build upon 
and kind of kind of changed the structure of events overall. I don't like to see my events as tournaments. I like to see them as events where there's so many different things people can do, whether you're a competitor or a spectator. I remember there was one one instance where we we chatted about this. I'm not sure if you remember this or not. Where we were talking about kind of pool structures and stuff like that, and you said like. I, if I have the opportunity, I will run round robin pools over a double elimination bracket every time because you want people to to play as much as they can, and I, that that kind of definitely resonated with me because like that's so much more fucking work for you in terms of organizing events and stuff like that. But it's ultimately such a better experience for the attendance, right? Do you oh, absolutely. Believe that? Yeah, I, I I completely think pools is the like round robin pools is fantastic. Not maybe not for the top players; they're not particularly keen on it. Mm-hmm. But I think for the majority of the attendees who are coming, they're the O tours, they're the one tours, the two tours, whatever. Like they are the people who make up the scene, and it is crucial that you keep them, you know, keep them interested, keep them coming back. And it's like if you say if if. For me personally, if I went to a, my first event, I went O2 and it's like, oh shit, bad luck. See you later. Like yeah, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't be interested in coming to an event again. Hundred percent, I completely agree with you. And, and and it's sad because I've seen that happen. I've seen people um, in double elimination brackets, uh, for for lack of a better phrase, kind of get bodied by their opponents because they're going against some of the top seeds of the tournament. Um, and then you never see that face again at tournaments. And it's sad because that's like that's the last impression they have. Of, of such an amazing scene uh within the uk as well but let's quickly just um nip over to to where we are at the moment then william we're, we're finally getting off the time machine we're going back to where we are in the present with uh with smash ultimate and this is a bit of a, of a, a topsy-turvy game for you so far how how is your kind of general relationship with ultimate going so far uh it's not it's not been great i'd say from the start i think it's getting better now we're get, we're, we're getting there i think clouds come around now yeah do we but I think when it started, I was just like, this is the game. Because I played at the, what was it called again? The Nintendo Midlands thing they yeah, did. Yeah, the Sonic. Thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I won that over, I think it was Vulcan in the final. And everyone everyone saw my Mewtwo. I don't know if you saw the videos. Everyone was like, yeah, this yeah, yeah, people Vulcan, love the Mewtwo. Kind of shit. And then I went to Genesis. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of doing decently. And then I, I think I, I didn't do too hot in the end. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like a decline from the start of 2019, pretty much throughout. Like I had a few good wins here and there, mm-hmm. a few good results, but the majority of it was just like, oh, what was this drop in sets to people he'd never lose to in Smash 4? And 100%. not placing outside top eights, and it wasn't too great. And then I think after Albion, I took a break sure. for a while. Sure. I came back, I went to SWAT in Bristol, and I got 33rd, which was my worst, uh, worst tournament placing. I was, was going to bring that up, because um, I think SWAT was definitely, from the outside looking in, from my perspective, I saw that, obviously, you got 33rd, and I was like, man, Will does not like this game that much. <laughs> Will is not clicking with this game that much. You, was, you know what, though? Time. Like, I got I got 33rd at that, and I wasn't sad, I wasn't angry. I was just like, yeah. That's fine. Like okay. I know I can build upon that now because like I took a couple months out after Albion. Mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, I need to kind of restructure. Let's see how I do at this event. And I didn't really prep or anything before then, so I went to it. Didn't do didn't do great. And I was like, okay, so going into the next day because I had Cooper's Keep the next day. I was like, okay, I'll do things differently. And I won that. So I was just like, okay, for for whatever reason, I don't. 
how I practice, like, is probably different. I don't really practice the game at all. I can't play the game right now, for example. But, uh, but like, with the way I process things, it's just like, okay, I can just kind of do it on the fly. So right. say, like, a good example of that is me versus Bulby at uh, Smash Point. Okay. So the first two games I get bodied and it's not looking great. And then game three, I'm just like, okay, it's just click now. Like, I know what to do. Mm-hmm. I guess so it, of, it just plays a testament to how good fundamental you are at, at Smash Brothers, I suppose, as well, doesn't it? Yeah, I think S- Smash Point was, like, kind of that tournament where it's like, oh, shit, you know, you still got it. Mm-hmm. Old man still got it. Like, <laughs> And I guess, but, I, I guess kind of with Smash Ultimate moving forward, where do you, where do you kind of see your future with it i mean to in i feel like you're probably going to be in the to in game quite predominantly moving forward but like as a player where would you where would you see yourself in smash oh smash playing smash god knows mate like i have no idea i can't practice because mm-hmm. my, my, i've never sorted my switch out from new era yeah so for, for anyone listening that broke like the moment i got home i turned it on and it, it somehow broken mm-hmm. so and then i've been busy with work toing general life stuff so it's like i never bothered to get it sorted and now we're going through lockdown it's like i really want to practice because i'm going to be so like out of shape (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'll be terribly rusty by the time the next tournament rolls around but that's fine you know i'll just have to pick up the pace once i get back yeah 100 100 percent. i mean for 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 what it's worth will um i'll always be a true believer in you and thank you you'll you'll always be you'll always be one of the best you'll always be one of the best and regardless of what you're kind of going to be doing in terms of competitive playing and stuff like that i think in terms of what you've done for the smash uk scene uh so far i will say so far because i think there's there's so much more that you're going to be doing um yeah you've been you've been doing fucking bits man i i do think with playing those like i've never i've had peaks but i've never reached my peak it's it's more to do with me not really putting the time in I'm quite lazy when it comes to practicing and stuff. I had never really bothered with it. And that's in each game I've played. So I think if I was to really knuckle down, I might reach it, but I can say that, but it's like, it's, it's actually doing it. Yeah, so that's it, that's it. I think, I think there's a lot of players out there. Um, Like there's a few players that come to mind when I think about kind of this player would be so good if they just played the game more. Um. I don't know, man. Maybe if you play the game more, that's the, that's the peak that you've been looking for. I don't know. That, that's the thing. I'm at that point now, especially with around Smash Point and I think a couple of events, weeklies and stuff around that time. I was just like, yo, I'm really getting back into the game again. Mm-hmm. I really want to start playing. Like, The only person I could really play with offline is uh, Risque, who sure. lives in Leicester. Like, that, that is it. Mm-hmm. So outside of the weeklies, that is my training partner. So I'd have to go to his, play him with different skill levels. Sorry, Nathan, but <laughs> <laughs> he is much better. Than you, you're right. Yeah, yeah, true, true. But you know, it's just there's stuff you can learn that way, mm-hmm. regardless of the training partners. So it's just learning bit by bit, and then I think in time, maybe I'll reach that peak. But for now, we'll see how it goes. Well, it's been an absolute amazing uh, amazing experience to have you on the show but before you go i do have one last question for you well two potentially um firstly <laughs> i need you to pick a number between one and 237 one and two okay we'll, we'll go with number one we'll keep it simple you go, you're going straight to number one mad 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 okay so a, a, a segment on the show that I'm going to try and do. I did it with Luke before. You pick a top. Uh, you pick a number, and then I pick a corresponding topic to a list 
uh, that I have here on my Google Sheets. I have 237 topics. Uh, I got real bored one time. Your topic, Will. Uh, what was the dumbest decision you made in your life? Oh, Jesus. I think for me it was uh, not my current job, but my previous job. I worked as a, I worked in a coffee shop for over a year. I was never trained to use the coffee machines. Oh, so I worked. Yeah. So I worked in a coffee shop doing literally like tills, washing oh, up, no. cleaning tables, and I'd never learned like any of the skills. I learned how to make like a a waffle pop, if you oh. know what that is. <laughs> that and sounds adorable. Few, I don't know what it is, but it sounds great. Uh, a few milkshakes, iced teas. So I could do all that, but I never learned how to make a coffee like using the machines. God, that must so be, it was like that must have been sad. it was. <laughs> painful man it's like you're at the till someone says okay i'll have a cappuccino it's like yep sure and he's, he's just, <laughs> i'll get someone to make that for you it's fine <laughs> and the, the team i work with there was about two three people on shift at one time so i'm just kind of like looking around just like oh you know someone come make this coffee <laughs> oh, no. that's so upsetting i've so, always wanted I, to I, kind of work at a like as a barista it seems like such a nice nice job i suppose if you know how to make coffee it's a nice job but maybe not if you don't um, yeah I, I always wanted to learn how to like make all the different coffees and stuff, but it's just like, you know, if you're not going to get trained on it, it's kind of defeats the point of being a barista. Like, his trained you on that. Like, what what do I put on my CV? Like, <laughs> I took orders and I cleaned some plates. That's fine. That's valuable experience, man. That's valuable experience. Um, my yeah, dumbest decision. decision. I think my dumbest decision. Um was definitely moving out of my parents' house too quickly. As much as I love not living with my parents, I had no fucking money. I had no money. And, like, I always regret kind of just, like, not saving up some money so I had something to fall back on because I'm, I'm living paycheck, paycheck to paycheck at this point. It's not good. It's not good at all. Wait, how, how old were you when you moved out? So I finished uni when I was about um, 20. Well, I would have finished it when I was at 21, I guess. Um, and then I lived with my parents for about seven or eight months maybe um whilst i was doing uh kind of a training course for the job that i work at now um and then i was like okay i'm gonna move to manchester and then i moved to manchester and i had no money to do that i saved up a little bit for a deposit on a flat and that was it <laughs> then i was just like okay well i'm gonna i i do i i think that's probably like one of the big the dumbest decisions i was like i should definitely have saved saved money you got to make those mistakes sometimes, though, because it's like, I, I really want like, the moment I finish uni, it's just like, okay, I've had several years of freedom, then you come back to your parents' house, and it's like, you know, I kind of just want that freedom again, but awful, yeah. for me, because I'm like, still here, I'm still at my parents' house, it's like, I've learned that renting, for me, I don't believe the best option, I'd rather save my money, get to a point where I'm actually like comfortable with the money I have, and then buy a house, or buy a flat, or wherever, rather than rent. But I feel like you just throw yourself in the deep end and you're just trying to crawl out. Yeah, and you, you're making 100% unreproachably the best option by doing that, Will, I promise you. Because <laughs> I fucking wish I did that as well. But say the, the thing is, a lot, of people, a lot of people don't have that as an option, though, unfortunately. Some That's people true. do have to just go out and rent. But if you do have that option, absolutely take it. <laughs> like... 100%. I, there's so many people that I know that are just like, I can't wait to move out of my parents' house. I can't wait to leave my parents' house. I'm like, I get it. Cause you you can wait. You just, can wait. <laughs> just fuck living with in my parents. As much as I love my parents so much. They're both amazing. They're old, Asian. They're great. But the thing is, 
I'm not having that freedom is the worst, and it does make you want to move out so quickly. But like, God, you just got you got to suck it up, save some money, and get out of there. Don't just don't just get out of there so quickly. If you have the option, it's so important. You're absolutely right. Um, well, Will, I, I've kept you for for long enough. I think. Thank you very much uh, for joining me on the show. I hope you enjoyed it. No problem. Thank you very much for having me on, Dev. Um, and guys, thank you very much for listening to the second episode of the Bonecast. As I've already said, uh, the podcast is available on all of the streaming platforms, things like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that kind of good stuff. So if you can, uh, do leave us a rating if you have the ability to do so. Um, and if not, always open to feedback. My Twitter DMs are open. My Discord DMs are open. I don't think I have a choice in that anyway. Uh, but always give us some kind of feedback around it. But until the next time, I'm going to sign out. Uh, Will, thank you again for joining us on the show. And uh, I'll speak to you all next time. Cheers for listening.